Hi, my name is Becky Freeman and I'm an assistant editor with the journal Tobacco Control. And we've had a great opportunity with the World Conference on Tobacco Health happening here in Cape Town in 2018 to interview some of the people who are really advancing tobacco control internationally and looking at new issues. And so we're going to be doing a series of podcasts where I get to talk to people who are maybe thinking about doing something a little bit different in tobacco control, have some new research or some new advocacy initiatives. And one of the first people I'm going to talk to is Kelsey Romeo Stuffy, who is with Action on Smoking and Health based in Washington, D.C. We're going to be talking about possibly pursuing criminal proceedings against the tobacco industry. Welcome, Kelsey. Good to talk to you. Hi, thanks. So a lot of countries obviously have had civil cases against the industry with big settlements, you know, the U.S. being the most one we hear about all the time, the Master Settlement Agreement, others pursuing for healthcare costs. What is the criminal aspect, especially for people who aren't lawyers? What does this mean? Right. So the criminal case would be a charge of something like manslaughter or murder or fraud. Um, Some are looking at reckless endangerment or child endangerment. It's very dependent on the country and the jurisdiction you're looking at, but it's a true criminal charge. Um, Somebody could go to jail. So what, is there any country that's sort of close to doing this? Do you have a case study we can sort of learn from? Yeah, so very excitingly, the Netherlands was the first to file a complaint with a prosecutor. Um, the prosecutor in the Netherlands received the complaint from some advocates last year in, I think, September of 2016, and they asked for some of the charges I just stated, mm-hmm. manslaughter, um, reckless endangerment, endangering the public health, and one of their charges is focused on the fraud related to ventilation holes. Um, So they submitted that to the prosecutor, and just about a week and a half ago, we found out that the prosecutor declined to prosecute at this time, but there's an appeals process, and our colleagues in the Netherlands are excited and ready to move forward. Well, I'm assuming, as with um, a lot of the legal challenges to the tobacco industry, they take these things take a long time. Um, Absolutely. So this isn't going to be some sort of overnight um, process. But do you think that we'll need a test case first, and then other countries will follow suit, or how will that work? Sure. So one of the most interesting things that came out of the Netherlands case was the reasons that the prosecutor declined to prosecute, mm-hmm. and they're like a page out of the tobacco industry playbook. You're consenting to contributory negligence by smoking. Everybody knows the harms of smoking, so obviously when you're choosing to smoke, you're basically choosing to kill yourself and the prosecutor doesn't believe they should prosecute on those grounds. So it's it's almost like reading word for word exactly what we thought the tobacco industry was gonna say, and we don't have any proof that the tobacco industry was involved in the decision, but it is very interesting to see the arguments that are coming out so that the next country that does it or the next appeal, we already know what to put in to start to fight off those counter arguments. Well, it's interesting because I've just been to a session on tobacco industry monitoring research and accountability, which is exactly that. It's like, we know what they're going to do everywhere. How can we actually shape those findings? And so who would be accountable? Would this be an executive who is in charge at the time that the person started smoking? Is it someone who currently works there? Is it the board? Who exactly is a criminal charge against? Sure. So that depends on the country as well. So there's only been two complaints filed in the world. The Netherlands filed against four subsidiaries of corporations. So they're actually charging the corporation itself. France recently filed a complaint as well that's pretty similar to the Netherlands, but they're focused on the four executive directors of organizations. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on your laws. Some countries can't prosecute corporations. It might not be as helpful to, it depends on the law. Corporations can't go to jail, people can. 
Um, but you pointed out something else that's important, and that's sort of the statute of limitations question of who is in charge and who knew what when. Mm -hmm. So how do you charge someone who's maybe been CEO for a year? And one of the things is ongoing advertising is one of the arguments that can be made, um, particularly people with quit attempts. So if you tried to quit and then are targeted with an advertising campaign recently, it's almost like a, a fresh start on the advertising and you're induced back to smoking. Mm. So that could be an argument. And again, it's so case specific based on jurisdiction and based on who the victim is, because it's a criminal case. So you need a victim, one person, instead of a civil liability case where hundreds sign on. Um, and again, even that's not true in all jurisdictions. The Netherlands have a lot of sign-ons as well because of the way that their law works. But most places, it's going to be a single person who died as a result of the tobacco industry's actions. Okay, so we're not talking big class action suits. Exactly. Okay. And in most countries, like I said, the Netherlands is a little different. But Interesting. So I've always been um, an advocate that we need to work more across disciplines and that we have a lot of people who are well-trained in public health mm -hmm. and tobacco control, but we don't have a lot of people who are, are lawyers. So this is quite exciting. Do you sort of share those sentiments? Would you like to see more lawyers coming into tobacco control? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the other big project I work on is tobacco and human rights. And I think it's absolutely critical that we get human rights advocates for women and children, particularly because those groups are so targeted, involved. And in the criminal law, it's, it's a really unique, different perspective on it. And a big part of what we've been doing with the project is getting people's opinions on the criminal feasibility of this case. Mm -hmm. So we've talked to criminal law professors who have no idea about the harms of tobacco. And we've honestly kind of made it our, our business to make believers out of skeptics. And we've really done a good job with that. Most criminal law professors, the first time they hear from us are like, you're insane. This is nuts. This is never going to work. And then we leave them our brief and they read it and think about it and come back with some questions. And, you know, usually we convert them. So it is very interesting. Some of our biggest advocates for the program in the U.S. started as skeptics and started outside of tobacco control. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, obviously, we're going to have to watch this space and see what happens, but thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you.